Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Great to be with you on this Wednesday. Uh, Penn State, Michigan State basketball tonight, Jordan Center. Just for a couple of yayas, the uh, Big Ten decided to have it at a reasonable time, 6.30. There'll be some un- there'll be a, a very unreasonable one coming up in the near future. <laughs> That's an Iowa game, which is what? What's today? The 14th? So it's what, 13 days away? 9 o'clock Eastern time? <laughs> On a Tuesday? Sure. <laughs> it's all about the kids. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors. 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia. Routes 11 and 15. Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Kia Hyundai. Best in new inventory. Great pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors Guarantee. Terrific service department that backs it up every step of the way. Routine, difficult. They handle it all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 to 15, almost worth it online at sunburymotors.com. Uh, ten Penn State players get the combine invite to Indianapolis. I mean, the full list would be as follows. Uh, Olu Fashionu, Hunter Norzad, Caden Wallace, tight end Theo Johnson, linebacker Curtis Jacobs, defensive ends Adisa Isaac, Chop Robinson, and in the secondary, Kalen King, Johnny Dixon, Daquan Hardy. They all get, that's 10. Only six specialists, four place kickers invited to Indianapolis. No Alex Falcons, but he'll get his opportunity at the at Penn State's Pro Day. All right. So that's... So 10 guys go to Indianapolis. Uh, Robinson, Isaac Jacobs will be in the group that works out on Thursday the 29th. Johnson, King, Dixon, Hardy will work out on the 1st. The linemen... So Olu, Hunter, Norzad, and Caden Wallace will all work on the first as well. So that you know, so anybody, and then then they'll have another pro day here. That's usually around the blue white game, isn't it? Mm, it's not. It's it's in March. It's in March. Okay. It's in March, and it should be. Ooh, it's going to be in that range of between, let's say, the 11th and the 20th, somewhere in there. I think. I don't. I have not seen a date yet on that. No, 
but that's usually right in the neighborhood of it. And uh, then guys make decisions whether they want to run a 40 or not, or you know whether they want to do any lifting at 225 or not. It's up to them. So it's always an interesting thing to see and to watch. And it's not. It's and it's more than just. Um, than seeing what this, what certain players do. It's also the number of people you get a chance to talk to. Like, you know, talking with Mike McDaniel last year was interesting. Talking to uh, Matt Eberflus, the Bears GM, when I talked to somebody who was in the Eagles front office last year. All right. And... Uh, so you get a chance to talk to some people you don't usually get a chance to talk to. I always find that fascinating. Greg Roman, who's now... Greg's going to become the offensive coordinator for... Is he going to go with Harbaugh? I believe. Yeah, that, with the Chargers. When Greg was with the Bills, a long talk with him. And I mean, I mean, not a short talk, like a long talk with him. Uh, like 45 minutes worth. And it's like, you know, just, you know, I came away. I mean, you learn so much from conversation. So much you learn. And that's what I, what I tell my broadcasting class all the time, that one of the important parts of having a speaking job is listening. You have to be able to listen, get perspective, especially from people who know more than you do. And I've talked about this many times. I mean, like, for example, let's look, James Franklin. As much as I look, I think I know a lot about football. I mean, a lot about football, not a little. I think I know a lot about it. But I don't know anywhere near as much as he does. I'm out there in a practice field or just in conversation. I'm, I'm picking up nuggets from him all the time. As much as I know about basketball, and I've stood there and I have, I've gone to practices and I have broadcast 42 years of basketball. So I know a lot about basketball, but I don't know as much as Mike Rhodes does. I don't. That's why I listen to what he has to say, why he's saying it, how he's saying it all the time. And you always can learn something from people who know more than you do. And so when you get into those conversations with the, with the pros, for example, I mean, I'm not around them, except when it's something like this. Okay. Right? There's a chance to really pick up some knowledge. Or, and even if it's just, even if it's pretty, even if it's just chit-chat stuff. Even if it's chit-chat stuff, you pick up, like, fun stuff, whatever it may be. Uh, because, again, an important part of all this that really ends up shaping an opinion on something is the knowledge that somebody has that you might not have. I can only imagine what you would pick up, even if you didn't talk to anybody, just standing there listening to those guys talk for that entire pro day. Exactly. Just listening, being the fly on the wall. And that, guess what? I think that that's something that um, I, I've tried to impart that to my students, that, look, you know, 
no matter how far you get in your career, you can always pick up something from somebody else. And I can't imagine what Dave Ritchie picks up on Friday nights. <laughs> how to run the computer. I, mean, I can't imagine <laughs> what... Can't imagine what Doug picks up on Saturdays. <laughs> I don't know from the clip, Kevin. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, the clip. Oh my goodness, that was uh, that was a gem. I'm sorry, but if I were the suit, the first thing I did when I got back there is find that in the recording and just get on audacity and take that part out <laughs> oh you'd you'd like to <laughs> but doug apparently beat him to it doug winner i think i've still got that thing i think somewhere here right i think i do who knows but remember i pl- i played it on uh the play-by-play call of the day on the Friday. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Uh, I know I had it somewhere. Because we I, I played it. I put it in the show. Oh, you played it for Kevin, the, or for your brother the other week. Oh, he loved it. Uh-huh. <laughs> America loved it. It's one of those things where... Uh, you can't put a price on it. <laughs> no. Let me see. What the heck did I do with that thing? Uh, it's not in there. It's around somewhere. I'll find it at some point. In fact, Doug could just resend it to me. <laughs> <laughs> it really is a gem. And like and what Doug did was he sent me the whole thing. Right? I mean the whole thing. It I, was actually it was actually pretty good. I just, <laughs> I've had I've had not quite that, but I've had s- strange things happen to me like that days. You just don't know what to do. <laughs> Other than uh, laugh. <laughs> Well, that's all you can do is laugh at yourself, my goodness. And I will give the suit a thousand times of credit. His ability to laugh at himself over the years um, has been great. Because, I mean, he he does. He has the ability to, like, eh, kind of roll with the punches. And, you know, and and to his credit, he gets who he is. All right, so... Yeah. What the heck? I know Doug sent it to me and I had it. I wonder if I lost it. Calendars in here and things like that, you know. Because we need, you know, because that's, that's my basketball calendar. Um, yeah. I assume half your computer is just keeping your schedule straight. Uh, Yeah. Oh, here we go. I found it. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, for your listening enjoyment, another Bucknell football exclusive starring the sound. Get the air out of it. 
Simpton-Felter on a high snap. Will hand it. Big hole for Baker. The, the offensive line just pushing the Cornell guys. This reminds me of what Lafayette did. The Bucknell's defensive line literally pushing them five. No, goodness. Okay, Kevin. Kevin has broken the chair. You okay, bud? That's going to leave a mark. <laughs> but... I'm sorry, folks. You okay? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Got stabbed in the back by something, though. Pick up a four. I mean, the offensive I knew line. this place didn't like me, but I didn't think it was sabotage. <laughs> to the 44 second and six. Here comes a handoff Baker. He's going to cut it outside to the left. He'll gain a yard or so and then get wrapped up by Holton Company. And also out there is uh, Malin White, the backup safety, and he'll bring him down. Okay. Do we have workman's comp? <laughs> you have to check with Learfield on that All one. right. All right. At the 42, it's going to be a big third down and five for Buckdale, leading 21-13 over Cornell, 408 left. And Kevin's giving me the big thumbs up. We're good. I got checked out by the trainer. I can go back in. You and Ralph Rucker were injured today. I can go back in now. A little, bump, little bumped up, but I'm ready to play, Coach. Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, we're good. We're good. He was leaning back on, and the back broke off his chair. I, I am going to have so much fun with that on the ride. Home. Where is the Learfield camera in the booth? Like they I was going to say, I was going to say, if Steve and Jack don't have this with their Learfield booth camera, let's not have that camera in here any, at all anytime soon. What can one add to that? I, I don't know. He, Todd Dukum must have been there. You throw that Todd in there, it's like I was even there. I know that for a second I was like, "What Todd? Todd was there? Not a different Todd, right?" You know, and not only that, what that game was that game a home game? That I don't know. It was up. It was, I heard him say Cornell. So, so my understanding is Cornell sent them a bill. All right, <laughs> we'll come back with more in a moment. We need a new chair here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. All right, a little mirth and merriment. Unfortunately for the suit, very little mirth or merriment, just bad memories. <laughs> Doug, Doug sent me a text. Let's see, what did Doug text me here? Uh, what a great line by Todd. It sounds as if Doug's helping to pick up the suit according to the clip. <laughs> Cornell did not bill them, at least not yet. Oh, wait. I mean, look, it's on the way. <laughs> Come on. The dude broke the dude broke their chair. It probably doesn't come to the end of the year budgetary stuff. <laughs> That's right. Fiscal year's not over yet, Doug. <laughs> Fiscal year's not over. <laughs> All right. We're going to actually talk about the Daytona 500 tomorrow, huh? Yeah. Big racing area. Oh, no. This is a huge racing area. Huge red light. That's why, I mean, I did what the last half hour of the show yesterday did in wrestling, right? Yeah. I was going to say, the two things that I am not particularly 
that aren't my two favorite things are racing and wrestling, and I know a lot about both just by osmosis. I mean, we're going to talk about NASCAR. We're not going to, you know, nah. we're not going to talk about the the suits hoity toity IndyCar stuff. Hello, welcome. You know, we're, yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, for the most part, that's a wine and cheese crowd. And look, there's Dario. Good luck, Dario. <laughs> I I grew up with an uncle that before F one was the in thing was getting up at five in the morning to make sure he saw the live F one races. So F one, really? Yes. Okay, now that is the absolute wine and cheese crowd. There it is. Okay, like I mean, the whole key is to win the pole position because you never get passed. <laughs> I mean, it's just like there's no passing in F one. Like, like, it's the same lineup the whole time. I mean, unless you crash into a hay bale, yeah. <laughs> you're good. <laughs> well, it's amazing what that Netflix show did for its popularity. I, I, mean, I know. I, I I understand. Look, in in the world of racing, talk about the world. F one is the deal. Oh, in the world, F one, okay, yeah. Spend like a hundred million dollars on those cars, don't they? Oh yeah, and, and you know, look, and like you know, Ferrari and everybody else that you know, McLaren and everybody that races and that thing. Look, they're fine, right? You know, just like soccer is the world sport, F one in the world of racing is the sport in this country now. Meanwhile, the, the suit will tell you, like the Indy car is underappreciated. That also it almost, sounds like something my uncle would say. It also, but it also sounds personal. <laughs> True. <laughs> I'm underappreciated. <laughs> All I do is appreciate the chief. <laughs> I will say it. I appreciate you, Kevin. See, I just killed all the goodwill for my jokes, didn't I? <laughs> Are you okay? I'm fine. Are you talking about my brother? Yeah. Both. <laughs> uh, we appreciate the suit. Did it come off sincere? Actually, it sounded like we were in the same room and I was holding a gun to your head. <laughs> I won't release your family members until. <laughs> there you go. All right. So basketball tonight. Michigan State, Jordan Center, 6.30. Um, Penn State ended up with a reasonable time slots beyond me. And then I had to remind our engineer that Saturday's game is noon Eastern, but it's 11 a.m. out there. And believe me, at 11 a.m. in Lincoln, the place will still be filled. They've lost one game at home all year, and that was to Creighton. And Creighton blew them out. Other than that, they played good basketball. They've been playing good. I was going to say they had been up for six hours at 11 o'clock in Nebraska. Oh, yeah. Somebody asked me, what's it? Somebody asked me today, what's it like out there? I said, well, when you get off on the over, you know, and you exit and go to the overpass, they said, yeah. I said, that's the highest point in the state. I was going to say, it probably looks a lot like State College, a big college town right in the middle of farmland. No, you know what? Lincoln's a city of 200,000. I'm not sure I realized it was that big. It's 200,000. For the most part, it has an economy that is hard to beat because it's a state capital along with a university. 
So you're going to have a, the unemployment number is going to be really low between the two. But you know what's interesting about Lincoln is that all the times I've been there, the downtown, like the, the Haymarket area, which they've refurbished, and that's where the arena is, does have activity, but the rest of the town does not. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia. Roots 11 and 15. And Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Kia Hyundai, best in new inventory, great warranties. Great pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. Terrific service department backs it all up. Every step of the way, routine, difficult, they handle it all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. We were talking earlier about the college football playoff and next Tuesday will be the day that they vote on what the structure of it is with the idea of five automatics and then seven at large and that in all likelihood that the that Washington State and Oregon State will not stand in the way because they suddenly passed a rule in October that in order to be eligible for and automatic, you had to have at least eight schools in the conference. Well, the Pac-12 doesn't have that. And there was also, in conjunction with the story about ESPN and the six-year, $7.8 million expansion, excuse me, the, the six-year, $7.8 million contract extension that takes it through 2031, where they'll be paying approximately $118 million a game Remember, the NFL playoff game on Peacock and then subsequently will go next year to Amazon was $110 million for that single game. So that's how impressive this contract is. What they didn't get out of it and what I had talked about was the ability. Now, they can sublease to somebody else. They can do that with a game or two. So they can do that. But my thought always was is that they would have multiple TV partners because of the expansion. Okay. Well, you might see that as a sublease if they go to 16 because you're going to have that's four extra games on the opening weekend. So you might have to sublease it in some ways. But that's down the road. But with 12, they're sticking with one partner, one partner only. And remember that those that were in favor of pushing for multiple partners in the room have exited the room. Kevin Warren is now with the Chicago Bears, and George Klyovkov is probably in his final week as the commissioner of what's left of the Pac-12. So don't expect the Pac-12 schools, the two of them, to be in the way because their pathway to get into the college football playoff is actually better with seven at-large because they don't qualify as a conference to get one of the higher 
you know, to get one of the automatic qualifiers. They don't qualify. There's only two of them. You need to have eight. That's the reason why. I hope that help ex- helps explain that. But in the end, everybody's going to get more money out of it. Which now brings us to the NCAA men's basketball tournament. And and then we'll see what they want to do with revenue distribution of the 118, well, it's $1.3 each year. $1.3 billion each year. So how much might, might be sliced aside for the athletes? That does have to be discussed. They don't have anybody at the table with them. But uh, representing them, but it's something you at least have to think about. So over the last three weeks, and there have been two separate meetings, high-ranking college leaders took the initial step toward exploring significant change to both the men's basketball tournament, we talked about the college football playoff. So they want to see what the college football playoffs revenue distribution model and voting structure, they want to see some changes there. Now, Brett Yormark is the commissioner of the Big 12. Now, he's not a part of the SEC-ACC alliance in talking about what to do with the future of sports. But you heard yesterday how bullish James Franklin is on the SEC and the Big Ten trying to solve it with Greg Sankey of the SEC and Tony Petiti of the Big Ten. Let's remember a couple things. Number one, CBS and Turner already have a television deal in place through 2032. There is no incentive on their part to add more in if you add more teams to the tournament. There's no incentive. And I don't think there's a clause in the contract that has it. So that's one. I mean, where's the incentive? Right now you have... 32 automatic qualifiers and 36 at-large teams. Now, 27 of those automatic qualifiers go to non-power leagues, including one to the Patriot. Now, Yomark says he wants to see the best teams competing for a national championship. Now, that's what he says. Well, it already feels like the best teams are. So do you go out and eliminate automatic qualifying spots of small conference champions? I mean, that feels... I mean, that doesn't feel right. I, why mess with a good thing? I, look, I don't understand. Unless you, know, unless you want to expand the tournament... Uh, the the NCAA put out something that um, uh, was it about a year ago they put it out where it was one of those it wasn't policy but it was uh, ideas I guess might be the best way to say it 
And one of them was that you should have 25% of your schools in a postseason of those who participate. Okay. Well, if you did that with basketball, you'd be at 90. Well, I don't know. 90 is a pretty big number. But I will say this. Remember the question I asked to Nate Bauer about the Big Ten going to only 15 teams out of 18 in next year's Big Ten tournament? I've talked to a couple guys. That's a coach killer. Oh, you didn't make you didn't make the tournament. Oh. Okay. That's one of those like, whoa. That I have problems with that one. I have problems with that one. Um because to me, the idea of the conference tournament is that everybody goes in there with a chance to get there. Doesn't, you know, 9.9 times out of 10, they don't, but everybody has a chance to get there. So let's take last year's Big Ten tournament. You get to the semifinals, and Penn State was playing Indiana in the semifinals. And once Penn State got to the semifinals, I knew they were, they were probably in. When they won it, it was an absolute they were in. But the other half of the bracket was Purdue and Ohio State. Now, Ohio State had, had a it struggled all year, tough time for them. And all of a sudden, they got in the tournament, and they won three straight games. Wow. And they got to Purdue. And they are, and they are really giving Purdue a tough time. Until about 10 minutes to go in the game. And it was the game that was before Penn State, Indiana. So I'm, I'm sitting there courtside watching this. You know, Bruce Thornton had played well, the whole deal. But they finally ran out of gas. You just tell the mind was, the mind knew what the body needed to do, but the body had already cashed all the checks in the first three and a half games. And it's just like, I know, I know you want me to go this way. I'll, I'll, I'll get in there. You could just tell the legs finally it went on them. But Ohio State made a great run. It was their only chance to get to the NCAAs. And they missed by 40 minutes. To me, that's what the, the to me, that's what the conference tournaments are about. That's where the extension of the NCAA tournament is. And the Big Ten doing what they did, which I think I'm not going to say, but I think I know why they did it, but I'm not going to say it, so I apologize to everybody. Um, but it's um, that that's a coach-killing move. I don't. I feel like you don't need to expand the NCAA. Now, this whole thing about the Cinderella part, I always love that Fairleigh Dickinson beat Purdue. Well, yeah, that was great. But Cinderella has a shelf life. The shelf life of Cinderella is traditionally the opening weekend. People love to see Cinderella win the opening round. People love to see Cinderella win the second round. People do not want to watch Cinderella in the in the uh, round of 16. 
ratings show it left and right. And look at last year's Final Four. Florida Atlantic, San Diego State, Miami, UConn. Lowest rated Final Four of them all. I think in the NCAA's perfect world, they get those, like you said, they get those upsets on the first first two uh first two days of the tournament and then by the time we get to the final four like you said the brands are there and they can they can make their money off the brands where's doke yeah because <laughs> <laughs> the year before what did you have the year before duke semifinal duke and north carolina in the semifinals people are watching in droves and it could be mike shashevsky's last game which it ended up being by everything all right and then the, this past year Florida Atlantic's playing San Diego State, and UConn is playing Miami. And with all due respect, they're the ones that won their way there. But, no. Now, Turner and CBS have a deal that goes through 2032. The NCAA takes $700 million of that each year and distributes distributes it to schools. And a lot of it depends on how far teams advance. Like, you know, last year, Michigan State, Penn State's playing tonight, got to the Sweet 16. Penn State, Northwestern, Maryland all got to the second round. They're the ones that earned money last year for it. Then the other ones got, you know, the participation money. But how do you go about doing this? Do you take it and kick in eight more and make it the make it seventy six? Um, I don't know. I I'm not sure how you do it. I mean, do you slowly do it and go to seventy two? And you're gonna have and look. I mean, you notice what they do. Again, let's go back to what the brands mean. Let's go back to what the brands mean. Okay? When you watch the Dayton games, it's not just four, you know, the four 16s playing each other. Okay? It's not it's not that. You know, to get down to two 16s. You got one game featuring two 11s and one game featuring two 12s. Why? Why? Because they know they need to have some brand power in Dayton. I mean, well, UCLA was in there a couple of years ago. I mean, UCLA's playing on the on, like in that round, really. They understand that. They understand what people want to watch. That's why the NIT, they changed the NIT. Why did they change the NIT? So if you happen to be St. Francis or Loretto and you're the winner in the regular season of the Northeast Championship and then you get knocked out in the semifinals of your tournament, you would get an automatic bid to the NIT. It's not That's not the case anymore. Of the Power Six conferences... The top two teams in each of the Power Six conferences, the Big East being the sixth, the top two teams in net that did not make the NCAAs are getting the automatic bids. Why? Because last year they had North Texas and UAB, and nobody wanted to watch it. 
that's not a slight at North Texas or UAB in the quality of basketball they played. They got to the championship game. But who was interested in seeing it? See, that's what's happening here. Brand power. I believe is 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 Dartmouth voting on unionization this week, next week? That's a good question. That's a good question. I I know it's soon. Yeah. Well, we'll look it up. Come back and wrap it up in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Yeah, so this is the Dartmouth situation. The Labor Relations Board's national office granted Dartmouth, the the college, granted their request to move the appeal deadline from next Tuesday, the 20th, to March 5th. But that's also the same day the players are scheduled to participate in an in-person election about whether they want to unionize. All 15 members signed an initial petition asking to be represented by the Service Employees International Union. One of the players said on Saturday, after they got blown out by Harvard, uh, said they had no reason to expect anything different when the players actually vote. So, so March 5th now looks like the new date. Again, they're private, just like every uh, Ivy League school. But does it open the door for something else? And not only that, you know, as I've asked the question before, and I think it's a reasonable question to ask, right? Student athletes on their sport put in, according to NCAA rules, 20 hours a week. Um, so here's the question. Do are they <laughs> Are 20-hour-a-week, quote, employees eligible union employees? I'm just asking. I don't know. I wonder if that's not something Dartmouth brings up in the appeal. And again, it's an answer I don't have. I've never been a union employee, so I don't know. So I don't know what the rules are. Somebody would have to tell me.